Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talk and Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. The NCAA tournament is underway. The first two rounds are complete, happened over the weekend. Lots of upsets, a couple shocking um, results, a lot of great games. We will talk about everything having to do with the tournament. So let's get right to it. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Let's do it. Friday, Saturday, um, a lot happened True. Um, in, in that first round. Um, I guess we'll, we can maybe start with um, the most shocking um, result of the weekend. Oral Roberts upsets Ohio State, and then they go out and beat Florida in the second round. They are the second 15 seed to ever advance to the sweet 16 joining Florida Gulf Coast's run in 2013. Yeah, that was, uh, that's a shocker right there. I mean, you, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> this is just a bit of a funny story. Um, a friend of mine, my friend, Alex, uh, we do, uh, we, you know, as, as one does, you know, we all do bracket pools and stuff right. and, you know, my friend group, we all do a bracket pool and, you know, he, he's, he watches sports, but he's not the most knowledgeable on college basketball and all that. Right. So, he uh he accidentally picked Oral Roberts to upset Ohio State because he did not he thought he thought it was a 12-5 for some reason or he thought it was he didn't think it was a 15-2 he misread the seeds so he okay. was just he just picked it as a random upset and it wound up happening and he is now wow. in route to win our pool so that's pretty it's pretty pretty funny through that, how that, works through that out. pick I'm sure through yeah pick, very I'm very, sure. very largely in part due to that pick because. I mean, the rest of us pretty much had Ohio State, Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen, right. and my own. I, I, I had Ohio the, State I had in the championship. So. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but anyways, back to the back to the games itself. Um, I'll tell you what, man. I, I I did mention this. I've told you this before. I've texted you this probably multiple times now, just because I, I it makes me feel good about myself. I did. Ma- I, I told y'all Max A. Smith. I didn't you know did. how to pronounce his name three weeks ago, A-Smith. but I do now. Yes. Max A. Smith, that kid can ball. All he right. Can. Oh my gosh. Him like, and Kevin Obenor have been, you know, oh my gosh. the guys it, of this it's tournament. Been unreal. I mean, I mean oh, like he, I didn't even realize that he was that much of a contributor for that team. Um, you know, or Obenor, of course. Like obviously, you know, a- I, I knew A. Smith obviously because you know, country's leading score, you know, that, that, that's just a name that stuck out to me when I was first right. kind of, you know, looking into this team and um, yeah, like they have become a real dynamic duo. And, you know, you think about it, they've really won their games heavily in part to right. their, their strong three point shooting and their strong free throw shooting. And right. that seems to be as of late in the NCAA tournament, if you can shoot the three well and you can hit your free throws, that really seems to be a two major ingredients for, you know, for a recipe for an upset in the tournament in recent years. So um, they certainly have a, a pretty tall task against Arkansas, but right. uh, I mean, even, even if it doesn't go their way in the sweet 16, all the credit in the world for them getting there, because this has been a very, very entertaining run to watch. Both, both their games were absolutely thrilling. So, yeah, it's been a ride, man. Been an absolute ride. Right, right. <laughs> and and to that point, um, Oral Roberts. So I like I, I remember seeing Ace Smith and Obenor. Like they're just 
pulling up from the logo yeah. and making them in. I mean, it's, I mean, it was a crazy thing to watch right from the beginning of the game. I was in the first couple minutes even of the game. I was like, oh, my God, like Oral Roberts is going to have a chance here. I think they can play with Ohio State. And, and to the point about free throws, a lot of these NCAA tournament games, especially in the last couple minutes of the game, because you're going to have a lot of fouls, a lot of stoppages, teams tend to foul earlier um, than they would in the regular season game. So a lot of these games end up becoming free throw shooting contests at the end, for better or for worse. Um, and, you know, this was a team that went out there and made a free throws. I'd see if I can pull up um, the percentages from Oral Roberts' game. Um, against Ohio State, it was, I was going to say, from three, they shot 11 of 35. They took 35 threes, granted, but they made 11 of them. That's 31%. Um, Ohio State was five of 23. Free throws, um, Oral Roberts went 14 for 18. Uh, that's 77.8%, just under 78. And Ohio State went nine of 18, which you kind of, you know, think of the end there. That's what kind of bit them. Mm-hmm. was the fact that they went nine of 18 from the free throw line and they went five of 23 from three. Yeah. I mean, Ohio state dominated Oral Roberts in the free throw 49, 32, uh, 15 to 13 assists, 13 offensive rebounds. Another thing was the defensive tenacity of Oral Roberts. And, you know, looking back on it, cause I looked at um, Oral Roberts, Ken Palm page a couple times as I was um, because I did, I did write up a, um, a ranking, of the 16 teams still remaining. I, I tweeted that out um, late last night and Oral Roberts defense had kind of been a question mark for them. I like, I was kind of looking at their Ken Palm page and whatnot. The defense had been a question mark the entire year. And now they go out in against Ohio state. They steal the ball 10 times for 16 turnovers against yeah. Ohio state. And Pretty then they go out that. and they force 20 turnovers against Florida. I believe that was Florida season high. They had 12 steals in that game. So their defense, I think, on top of what you said with the three-pointers and the free throws, their defense has been a huge reason of why they've been able to win these games and close out these games at the end because both of these games have been three-point margins, 75-72, then 81-78. Yeah, I know. It's pretty – it's really, really pretty remarkable. Um, By the way, I did – I did – I thought I saw this stat on the broadcast, but I couldn't remember correctly, but it is true – they actually are the, of any Division One team in the country, highest free throw percentage, number one, 82.19%. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I was I, I was, I was, was pretty sure I saw that on the broadcast, but I, so I wanted to look it up to make sure. But, yeah, I mean, that's that, that kind of, you know, insurance that late in the game, down the stretch, in a tight game like that, especially when pressure, you know, the pressure is high, for you to be able to confidently just make your foul shots – that is right. such a such such a huge factor, um, especially in the NCAA tournament because it's literally one missed free throw could end your season, legitimately. Right. I mean, you look at the Ohio State game with, with Oral Roberts. I think it was Lydell. He had a, I think it was a three point play late in the second half, if I remember correctly, and he missed the free yeah, throw. Yeah, I think you're and right. That free throw. I mean, he makes that free throw. It's potentially a different ball game. You know what I mean? That that right. one point could potentially have won them the game. You know, so. It's, uh, you know, and, and not to say that EJ, EJ like Dow isn't a clutch player, but I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal player. It's just, you know, he missed a, missed a free throw down the stretch, but you know, to have that confidence in your players, to be able to, you know, to, to know that 
you can pretty much follow anybody on the court, send them to the line and you're confident that they'll make their foul shots. Right. That's, that, that's good. That's very, very impressive. So yeah, definitely, you know, to reiterate what you said by far the shocker of the weekend and, you know, just, it, it's a historic run, you know, you know, like you said, Absolutely. only, only has happened once before with Florida Gulf coast. So, um, I mean, we'll see if they can truly make history and beat Arkansas and make an elite eight run. That would be, that would be absolutely positively insane. But uh, I mean, I've doubt, I, I doubted them twice in my bracket and they proved me wrong. Right. So maybe they'll do it right. again. Who knows? Right. And yeah, absolutely. They do have their cutout with Arkansas. So I'll, we'll talk about um, the Razorbacks for a few minutes. Um, they look like one of the stronger teams in this tournament right now. They beat Colgate 85 to 68. We said, last week that this is going to be a game that's going to be played at a breakneck pace and you know it could be a game where first to 100 wins it was not that it was much it was not as close as I thought it would be like I said 85 60 yeah I thought this is going to be like you know a four or five point game um but the game I want to talk um about is their second round game against Texas Tech 68 66 Oh. Uh, they just they just held off the red. Raiders. Oh my! I feel so gutted for Texas Tech, man. They had, yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, two, probably three. That I'm, I must be forgetting one. I, I want to say I'm forgetting one, but I know for a fact that they had two really, really good looks yes. at layups down the stretch that would either have potentially won them or tied them the game. Yeah, and that's what, I think it was Mac McClung missed two free throws. Mac McClung hit missed a free throw and um. Kyler Edwards um, missed the missed the layup right at the buzzer, which was a pretty wide. Oh, it was a game. yeah, it was a good look. I mean, it was a you know you cannot ask for a better look there in that situation. I mean, that was just I, I, that was tough. That was you know that, that's gutting because you know to lose a game in the NCAA tournament always sucks. To lose it in that fashion where right. you pretty much shot yourself in the foot. I mean that, that that that's a heartbreaker. But again, you know to your point, credit to Arkansas. You know what I mean? That's that's a gutsy win. They, uh, Texas Tech is a good team. I personally, right. I had them beating Arkansas in one of my brackets going to the Sweet 16. Um, so, yeah, it was a great game. Great game all around, by the way. Like, just, you right. know, as a whole, that game was very, very entertaining. But all of yeah. these games have been great. Yeah, like, true, the NCAA true. tournament is all the way back. <laughs> oh, yeah. They uh, they took a year off, so they they uh, they, they, they put the, the chaos sliders up a little yes. bit to make things more entertaining <laughs> for everybody. And I ask you this question because I think we, we were talking about it in um, the Griffin sports group chat the other night. Are we at a point, and I have an answer for this in my head, but are we at a point where we have too many upsets right now? Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but like. Yeah, I, that's tough. I mean, I, you know, I know we were talking about that the other night. My, my take is you give me like, some crazy first round upset like that 15 2 that only happens one i mean how many times does it happen now eight nine times in the history nine, of the tournament nine. nine times so that's such a rare occurrence so for that to happen once every so often that's fine you know what i mean it's been a while right. i think since i, I want to say middle tennessee over michigan state might have been the, the last one yeah so it, it's definitely it's certainly been a while um i do think when you start getting towards the end for me personally, and I know you, you you kind of mentioned this feeling the same way. I'm not sure if that's what you were going to say, but um, you know, when you get towards the end of the tournament, the Elite Eight Final Four, I like I want to see the best teams play. Right. Um, so to to that to that in you know, to that 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 point, 
I would say, yeah, I, I think it does kind of suck. Like Illinois getting bounced, which we'll talk about later. Like right. that, that was kind of sucky. Cause I really thought, you know, them playing Gonzaga or them against Baylor or them against, you know, wh- whomever Houston or whoever they would wind up playing in the elite eight West Virginia. I think that th- those games had the potential to be really good. So it's unfortunate they get bounced. Um, right. I'm really disappointed that West Virginia got bounced. I mean, Sy- Syracuse, I mean, this is the third time they've done it in recent years as a double digit seed, but I was really hoping that um, West Virginia was going to be able to make a deep run because West Virginia, I mean, you weren't as high on them as I was, um, but that was a team that I truly believed in. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a team that was capable of making a deep run. I had them in the elite eight and then they lose to Syracuse in the second round. Yeah. Kind of disappointing for me. Yeah. Um, but Syracuse is another team that's like been entertaining mm-hmm. um, in this tournament. It's Buddy Beheim and Joe Girard that are the guys making these three pointers. And yeah. I think, I think they will struggle with Houston. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so too. I think if, if the two, three zone was ever going to be put up to the test, it's going to be against this Houston team. I mean, right. this, this, this Houston team scores and they score in bunches. So um I'm, I'm really curious to see where and they're good at rebounding. Houston yeah. is very good at rebounding. That's another, that's and another, another thing with them. Houston, Houston's perimeter defense has been one of the better perimeter defenses in the country all year. And I think they're going to have just really just do that because Syracuse's offensive game right now on making threes, particularly the two guys that brought up Bayheim and Gerard. Um, and I think Houston's defense is going to be able to probably shut them down. Yeah. And I think if they do that, I, I we're Houston's going to the elite eight. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. I think that whole bottom bracket, I mean, is it the South region? I can't even remember. Midwest. Um, Midwest. I have the bracket in front of me right now. Okay. Midwest. Yeah. Midwest region. That whole region is, you want to talk about chaos. Oh my God. Right. That whole region. <laughs> like you would like Rutgers. If Rutgers doesn't blow a, what was it like a 10 point lead? Right. I am however gunning many... for Rutgers. I know, me too. That came gunning me. Too. You know how I feel about Rutgers. Oh, yeah, of course, man. They got to love some Rutgers basketball. Uh, a <sighs> nine point to... lead, nine point lead with 455 to go. They're up 58 to 49, and Houston came all the way back and uh, won it by three. That was that was tough to watch. That, that was a total collapse, which it which sucks because I, I you know, like you said, you know, Rutgers is kind of a feel-good story. You know what I mean? Right. First time in the tournament in 30 years. It would have been really cool to see them make a sweet 16 they, run. They gut out the win against Clemson. That was a great game, 60-56. to 56. Yeah. And then they look – looks like they're going to be moving on against Houston. But then – and a lot of it was Dejan Jerome, mm-hmm. um, who, first of all, like he, he's playing with that painful-looking hip pointer. Um, and he comes in with probably, like, one of the – more valiant performances, if not the most valiant performance and, um, that we'll see in this tournament. Um, he comes in, he's making big shots at the end. Like he's clearly not a hundred percent. He's clearly in pain. And, you know, I think that was, that was a cool thing to watch. It was, it really was. Um, that game, him making the tournament, despite the fact that I was disappointed for Rutgers. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, I, I was just going to sit like Rutgers wins that game. The sweet 16 in that region is, 10 Rutgers, 11 Syracuse, and the other game is 8 Loyola, Chicago, 12 Oregon State. Like, that, that, is, that is absolute chaos right there. And that kind of goes yes. back to, you know, your question you asked me. Like, to me, that's cool. 
But also, I would have liked to see Cade Cunningham play Illinois. You right. know what I mean? Like, because like those are the matchups you watch all year long, or you wait for all year long. You know what I mean? Watching the the Power Six teams play on TV, and you know you say, "Dang, you know Cade Cunningham is such a good player," and you know, oh, this Illinois team has been so hot, and blah blah blah, and right. Um, to wind up out of that region with Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State, and Houston, Syracuse, to me, it, it is a little bit disappointing. But right, you know, on the you can also say on the other side of that, that's the magic of the tournament. And you right. know, I I still do think like there, there's definitely two sides to that. Argument. Yeah, there is. There 100 percent there is. And like I still think Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State has the potential to be a really good game. I mean, those are two right. both really kind of feel good Cinderella stories. I mean, I don't even want to you want to call Loyola, Chicago, a Cinderella because Number one, they were extremely underseeded. And number two, right. all the advanced analytics, your Ken Palms, your Nets, whatever, point to them being a very, very good team. Um, they were, it was a ninth in Ken Palm and 10th in the net coming into this tournament, and they got an eight seed. Yeah. And was, they line up to face Illinois, a one seed in the second round. I mean, Loyola Chicago, we'll, we'll, I guess we can talk about that game now is Loyola Chicago looked like the better team the entire day. Oh, the whole whole day. The, the whole, whole game. Day. They looked like the better team. And I will say, I you know, this is certainly a – Loyola Chicago won this game. Like, take take no – you know, Loyola anybody who Chicago watched that game. game. Yes. Yeah, anybody who watched that game can say Loyola Chicago won that game. But with that being said, I was very disappointed in Io DeSumo's game. I thought he just looked kind of lost, yes. to be honest with you. Turned the ball over a lot didn't really shoot it very well, didn't really have a ton of opportunities to, didn't really look like he was kind of trying to – he didn't really look like he was trying to take control. You know what I mean? When you're a point guard of that power – you know, when prowess. you're that talented of a player, yeah, that prowess, like – Right. I, I want to see you, you know, running the offense. I want to see you right. driving. I want to see – like, you got to – especially when they're down like that, I thought Andre Curbelo was the one who was really trying to make the plays happen down the stretch for them. You know, the him and Kobe Curbelo had a really good game. He did. He did. And, you know, I thought it was pretty much him and Coburn were the two that really were producing for Illinois. And, you know, Desumu just kind of was a, you know, was in the background the whole time. He really right. he, never he was probably the mark. fourth best Illinois player on the court. Yeah, exactly. Which and is and, not and we've seen all year, he's either the first or the second because they have Kofi Coburn. And it's been that duo that's been running this Illinois offense all year. And he just came out and laid an egg. Yeah, he, he did. And, and that's, it's, it sucks because I, you know, obviously I was high in that Illinois team. I love their game. I love to see more. I love Coburn. And it sucks because like, that was kind of my adopted team this year, you know? So it, it right. sucked to see them get eliminated. Cause I really, really liked, I, I really enjoyed watching that team, but I mean, take nothing away from Loyola Chicago. That was a clinic on how to yes. just take control of a game early and not allow and it, it, there was no chance for Illinois to get back into that game. They might have got no. as close as like what five, six, seven, something like that. I think it was probably around. I think it was yeah. around there. Like other than like they never, never did that Loyola Chicago lead feel threatened to me. You know what I mean? There was never an incident in that no. game where I was like, you know, Illinois, they're they're kind of getting back into like you know they could take the lead if they get some like it, it was just right. the same recipe of Illinois would scratch within eight, seven, eight, nine. And then the Loyola Chicago would come down, score five, six straight. You know, whether it was Crutwig, whether it was, you know, um, Norris, whether it was uh, Williamson, like they all were 
just they were just the better team, which is crazy to say. But again, you look at the numbers; they were clearly underseeded. Like this, what this? I mean, this Loyola Chicago Loyola Chicago team probably deserves to be like a four or five seed. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Because yeah, you can you can give the. I mean, if they're in a power conference and they have these same metrics, they're a two seed. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a three seed. They're they're in that ballpark. Um. And it's it's just the committee. I mean, they underseeded Loyola Chicago a lot because yeah, you're in a mid major conference that should hurt your seeding a little bit, but not this much. Not by mm-hmm. a seed of like five seed lines. Yeah, it should it shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately, it is. And I think Illinois like has a legitimate gripe here because this what like coming into this game, I'm like, this is a second weekend matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it shouldn't should be. be a, it shouldn't be a third day of the tournament matchup, second round, one against eight. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't. I agree with you. I think that like Illinois, Loyola, Chicago, that should be a one-five, one-four matchup. Right. You know what I mean? And here we are, one-eight. You know, they, they right. get sent because I, I, I said, I said coming in, like I could see, like I think I, like I think in our bracketology, I had. Loyola Chicago is a five seed because that's what I, because I didn't do it based off of what I thought the committee would do. I based it off of my personal opinion. If it were up to me, this is where they would be. Mm-hmm. And I think I had them as a five seed. Yeah. And I said, okay, like coming into, you know, selection Sunday, I was like, okay, Loyola Chicago could go anywhere from a five seed to a 10 seed. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately they, because I know how, you know, you know, watching college basketball for however many years I have, you kind of know what the committee thinks of teams before knowing what they truly think of them. And I kind of thought, like, you know, my personal opinion, they should be a five. But, like, I could see them being a nine mm-hmm. just because of, you know, the leader. And they're getting the Wichita State treatment. Yeah, that's that's a great comparison, actually. They are. It does feel when, like when Scott was in the Missouri Valley in, mm-hmm. you know, eight, nine years ago. They're, Loyola Chicago is getting the same treatment. That's yeah. That's, that's actually that's that's a really good comparison. Actually, yeah. I didn't I didn't even put that together. Um, I wonder, like, say they beat Oregon State, which to be honest with you, I think they do beat Oregon State. I think they do beat Oregon um, State. They make the Elite Eight. What, like, heading into next season? Again, I mean, I'm not super familiar. I, I think Cam Crutwig's Cam Crutwig's a senior, so I think he's gone. But yes, like, yes, but he, but I don't, I'm not. Well, because you know, NCAA extra year of eligibility, you don't right? Know true, he could come back, back, whatnot. Yeah, like so. I mean, let's just say, okay, let's say hypothetically he does come back, they bring back a solid core, they run the Missouri Valley again, go like you know, 25 and five, or 20, like say they go 26 and four again, or, or whatever. Yeah, like what does do you think the committee just does the same thing again next year? Like, do you think that they no, because finally... I, I, I don't know. I think they might put them as like a six or seven, maybe learn their lesson a little bit, but not truly learn their lesson. Yeah, I got <laughs> If you kind of get what I'm saying. I do, I do. Yeah, I think I think that that's likely. That's likely. I would uh I mean it's tough to say because they really have only emerged as a powerful, you know, a power mid major over the last five, six years, I would say. Right. Um, so it's tough for them, you know, it's tough to say, Oh yeah, you know, they they why aren't they in a power six yet? But um I do think if they continue and this, uh, you know, this, the, the, these runs and just their, their, uh, 
uh, what's the word? Um, just just how good of a good how to how good of a program they are. If that just continues right. to stay consistent, um, over, I think over the next Hoser five has a um a big role in that. And I'm wondering what he will do because he will surely um be a candidate for these big jobs. Coughed off Indiana. Oh yeah, um, that's true. That's very true. That would be but, that would be a heck of a hire for them if they can actually pull it off. Yeah. But I mean, therein lies the question: is does he foresee this becoming? a Gonzaga type situation. Like could, I think could, it very well could. Yeah. I think so too. I think so too. I mean, this is two straight tournaments now where, um, or not two straight, but two, two tournaments. Two in the where, last three. Yeah. Two in the last three. Correct. Um, where they have come out and proven, you know, twice now that this is a program, this is a team, this is, you know, as a coach, Porter Morris, like they can get it done on the big stage. Right. They have the talent to do that. They have, they, they clearly recruit well enough and bring in guys that can do that. And I would have to think with these runs, that will only become more of an attractive place for higher right. star recruits to go. So, right. um, yeah, that, that'd be an interesting thing to monitor with, with him, um, Porter, Porter, Porter Moser, if I can yes. speak. Um, I think <laughs> that that would be a, an interesting thing to monitor with, uh, you know, whether they, he tries to get scooped up by a, by a power six, as, as you alluded to, Indiana certainly would be a very likely He said spot. last week, Indiana, they're not, they're not firing Archie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey. And then they did. Yeah. Then they did. Yeah. Did not. Yeah. That was uh, <laughs> not, not the best look for me. That literally no. happened like less than 24 hours after I said, yeah, that it was, too. it was, it was, that was pretty bad. A little over 12 hours. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll well, yes. I'll bounce back. It's okay. I'll bounce back <laughs> next year. That's okay. Uh, but also kind of speaking of coaching real quick, since this is a Mac podcast, I did want to throw this in. Um, uh, Carmen Masiello gets the extension at Siena, yes. which is yep. noteworthy. He was kind of being looked at. I think it was the Fordham job. Fordham you know, job, yeah. He was connected to. And uh, a credit to you, you had the report on this one. Reggie Witherspoon, most likely saying to Canisius. Yes, so, I did have the report on that. Yes. Inside scoops. of Eden Jolly. Scoops. Hashtag scoops. So, uh, yeah, that's a little little Mac news. Yeah, You know, had to fit it in. but uh, That's right. Yeah, I think, uh, anyways, I suppose we can uh, get back to the tournament. That, that, that's our 22nd yes. Mac. <laughs> so that way we can't say this is a Mac podcast. I don't podcast. know good against mention... Alabama for the first half. Yes. Okay, <laughs> that Mac segment over for the podcast. All right. Um, I would say the other two – pretty big upsets that or well i would say yeah actually no i will say that two the two big upsets and then another upset that arguably should have happened um right i will say ohio over virginia that was a very entertaining game because the whole time it felt like virginia was in control until yes like what was it like 10-ish minutes to go in the game probably probably about 10 minutes to go yeah ohio just kind of went on a run um, ben, ben Vonderplas got hot. Jason Preston kind of got hot, and Virginia just got cold. I guess you know what I mean. It yeah. was just one got hot at the right time, one got cold at the right time, and and that that's that it. That's the up- story. <laughs> that was an upset that I called. I just want to put yeah, that so I was out about there. To say you did, you did have that one. That is a fact. That is a fact. One that yeah, neither I mean, I of was... us had. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'll get to that. I, um, Jason Preston has been a guy that I've been I watched one of Ohio's or no because I watched their game against Illinois way back in November and I was like damn this Jason Preston kid is a good player mm-hmm. and that was the game I if, if you remember it was 
It was the day after Thanksgiving. They lost to Illinois 77-75. Yeah, it was a game was... that they were in the entire time. So I was, you know, after yeah. a while, I kind of I kind of monitored their season. I didn't watch a ton of their games, but I monitored them. Um, and you know, coming in, I was like, you know, this is a team that could maybe win an NCAA tournament game. And then they matched up with Virginia, um, who has been a tad who was a tad inconsistent um this year and i kind of said you know if they if they catch virginia wrong and ohio plays right ohio's gonna win and lo and behold i mean they and it came down to just a segment of the game because as you said and i agree with that virginia seemed to be in control basically the entire game and then ohio just went on the run um in the last like like you said it was about the last 10 12 minutes of the game that ended up winning them that ended up winning it yeah yeah I think it was – hold on. I'm on the little stat cast thing here on ESPN. It was – Virginia went scoreless for, um, from about – with 10-12 to play in the second half to four uh, – around 4.30 or so in the second half. They went scoreless. And in that time frame, Ohio put up uh, – it's like eight or nine, eight or nine, ten on or something like that. Yeah, they, um, they, they went on a run. Yeah, they did. You know, they were getting stops. Virginia just was not hitting. And I mean, that sometimes that's just, that's all it takes. You know, I also right. didn't want to say, I thought that uh, I'm assuming you caught this. They mentioned this on the broadcast, the connection with Ben Vonderplas's father and Tony Bennett. Uh, that, that, that's pretty crazy. That's, I did uh, not catch it. That, that was a game I kind of had off on one of my side TVs and I had it on mute. So I didn't hear it. Yeah. Um, the, he, they basically said that, Ben Vanderplas's father and Tony Bennett actually played on the same college team. Okay. Which I thought I was kind of, yeah, they, they, they mentioned that in the broadcast at some point. I can't remember when, but I thought that that was pretty like, that's such just an insane connection. Like how, like what are the yeah. odds of that? Like your kid plays against your former teammate and your former teammate is the head coach of one of the, you know, the defending champions technically of the NCAA tournament. And your kid is playing like, that's just, I just thought that was a crazy, crazy, like, what are the odds type situation that happened. Um, yeah. So, I guess we can, yeah, we will now talk about the upset that neither of us saw accompanying or no. accompanying coming. Uh, Abilene Christian. That's a stunner. You want to talk? That I mean, is, Roberts was is, a stunner. That was probably the next biggest stunner. That might be even more of a stunner. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's a 15-2, 14-3, but, like, in my mind, that's even more of a stunner. Mm-hmm. That's true because I mean you could say like I don't think realistically other than my friend Alex for whatever dumb reason I don't think anybody really picked Oral Roberts over Ohio State but I think like people that kind of had a general sense of college basketball like you know you've heard Max Aspis name you're always the country's leading scorer like that's all cool you know be cool to watch him but Ohio State probably wins that game they don't obviously but this one I don't think there was anybody that really said oh yeah Abilene they got they got a chance they could keep this I thought this was gonna be a blowout like I wasn't even ready to really here's the thing here's the thing Abilene Christian I didn't have Texas winning Uh, or I did have Texas winning um I'll I'll tell you who called this it was my brother who called it my brother does not watch a lot of college basketball but he called this based on one stat Abilene Christian has the best turnover rate in the country really yes did not know that did not know that at all. Well, that, that's crazy. See, damn, look look at your brother, man. You look at your brother. That's that's impressive. I like that. 
That's great. I did not know that. I guess that that yeah. certainly heads up. I mean, that was a low scoring defensive affair where possessions were crucial. So, I mean, the second best rate, I'm sorry. Second best. Okay. Either way. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's pretty impressive. That's pretty noteworthy. I mean, and you look at it, 23 Texas turnovers to just 11 Abilene Christian turnovers. So that's, it, it played a role for sure. Um, but yeah, that was uh that was a, that was a game. That was, that, that was that, well, I mean, that's, Holy you see all, all, all the shots of Joe Golding's wife in the last couple minutes of the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I did see that. That was pretty funny. Also, I, I, Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. In terms of, you know, shock factor, I'd say that one was a bigger shocker than Oral Roberts. Yeah, that's fair. That's honestly fair because I mean, I guess other than your brother, apparently, I don't know if, anybody really really saw that coming um and also shout out joe pleasant that is you got to have like arctic frozen water in your veins to knock down yes. those two free throws in that situation holy yes. cow like i'm thinking in my mind he probably makes one of these i was like i, I don't think he makes both he probably I mean, because like what was that, that's like, what 70%? i thought coming into i was like he, he's gonna make one of them we're gonna go to overtime and texas is gonna win in overtime yeah that's exactly what i was thinking mm-hmm. um yeah, like 60% free throw shooter, it says this season. Six, or wait, am I? Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, um, uh, yeah, 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 60%. 50, 59%. 59.6. So, and, and that stat came up. I was like, oh, Yeah, I was like, okay. I mean, he might make one of these, but right. I don't know. And especially in such like a high pressure situation. Exactly. Like Cause you like know? you've seen that. Like, Cause these are the biggest free throws of your life. Oh, 100%. They are. 100%. And I mean, that's the type of thing where it's like, I feel like you've seen, like, just watching the tournament for so many years, you see that movie like once every year where you got team, like a super low, like a 13, a four, a 14, three, like whatever, super tight game, clutch situation. You need free throws to tie, you know, whatever. And you miss, make one, miss the second or, you know, miss the front end of a one and one. And that's it. Like every single year, some in some game, pretty much that happens. So I'm right. thinking, oh man, this, you know, he might make one. I mean, the number is 60%. I mean, it's, it's pretty close to 50. No, I was going to so. say, I, I, was gonna say I, I said like the numbers say he'll make one. So I yeah, think he'll exactly. make one. <laughs> that was exa- exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was that, like, that was hey. my thought process. Uh, I know my mom, it's pretty funny. I was watching a lot. Of, I was watching a lot of games, like just in my family room. My mom would always just right. kind of like sitting there. And like every time like somebody would come up, like, I don't know why, I don't know if it was because I had a few drinks or what, but like my (laughs) go-to line for like the whole weekend, like the whole first uh, round of 64 was whenever somebody go to the line and like, they were like a 50% free throw, I'd be like, Hey mom, numbers say he makes one here. And she was like, you said that like seven times now. Like why, why do you keep saying that? And I'm like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, (laughs) I don't know if I I said it for that, but I must have been thinking it. So, yeah, that's crazy, that. man. Un- <laughs> unbelievable game that was. That that was yeah. that was a that was a chef's kiss March Madness game, right? It there. was. I mean, good, good for that. That's uh, that's their first um win in ter- first tournament win in program history, um, yes. for Abilene Christian. It was just their it was just their second uh, appearance ever because this was a team that um just recently jumped up from division two and they just recently even more recently um became postseason eligible they've made a tournament twice now 
Joe Golden can flat out coach. This is true. We we I we have learned that from <laughs> you know what they went twenty four and five this year. Uh, they, they they lost to Texas Tech, Arkansas, and they lost to Sam Houston State and Central Arkansas um, in their conference. Um, but yeah, unbelievable win for Abilene Christian. Uh, they do end up falling to UCLA in the second round. UCLA is going to the Sweet 16, um, which is kind of another one of those teams that's just kind of like, oh, like, okay, they're double-digit seed and they're big-name program, double-digit seed, and they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to face Alabama um, in the Sweet 16. That game will be on Sunday. Um, UCLA doing it. Yeah. <laughs> He said, Johnny, he said exactly. Johnny Juzang has been one of the most electric players in this tournament on Thursday against Michigan State. If you were watching that game Thursday night, uh, the late night game, UCLA looked pretty dead in the water. And they come back in the last couple minutes. They force overtime. They end up beating Michigan State. It was 86 to 80. And then they go out and they look like the better team all game against BYU. Um, and then, you know, they beat Abilene Christian, of course. Uh, but this is a team that's making some noise. Johnny Juzang has been a lot of fun to watch. He was a good player during the regular season. To be honest with you, I didn't know a ton about him. Um, but he's taken a, just from, you know, stats wise, you know, that kind of stuff. He's taken a step up in the tournament. I didn't mm-hmm. watch too much of UCLA uh, in the regular season, but yeah, he's taken that next step in the tournament and he's become the number one scoring option for UCLA. Yeah. And another side of that is um, this is something I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it when we were kind of previewing the tournament, but once again, a team that plays in the first four wins a game. Like it, it seems like this is pretty much becoming a yearly thing where it's like, you know, if you're filling out a bracket, like it's getting to the point where you, you pretty much should be picking one first four 11 seed and throwing them into the next round because it, right. it's really getting to the point where it's, I mean, again, I'm, I don't know for certain on that. I want to say it's close to every year, but it, it's happened so often that your percentage wise, you're, it's probably more likely to happen than not. So, right. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting trend. I'm not really, I don't know if it's just because, you know, you get, you get a game under your legs and, you know, you're playing against a team that hadn't played in a week or, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I think what. it might be, I, I, I think it might be that. Yeah. Is you kind of, you get, you know, you get the momentum uh, cause you just won two nights ago and you're playing a team that hasn't played in a week, maybe more. And uh, in some cases, depending on the league uh, you're playing, obviously it could be close to two weeks. And, you know, you go out and you play well mm-hmm. and you end up winning the game. Like, like you said, it's a yearly thing. I, I personally, I had Michigan state. Um, yeah. I figured it was going to be Michigan state. I had, I had whoever BYU. came out of that game winning. I thought it was going to Michigan state. Obviously it was not, but yeah, that's uh, right. That's yeah. It, it was that game that I was like, oh, you know, okay. Um, the other one, Wichita state Drake um, was a great first four game on Thursday night. Uh, they, but it was Drake that ended up losing to USC. USC um, then Might goes upset to Kansas. Surprise team. I mean, one of the surprise teams of the tournament. Right. I mean, I, I, 
I had them in the Sweet 16 solely because when you have a player of Evan Mobley's caliber, like anything can happen. And it was the same thing kind of where I was with Cade Cunningham. Like when you have a player who is a consensus top five pick in the draft next year, like they can easily just turn up and just play great for you and win you a game potentially. You know what I mean? And Evan Mobley, like, you know, honestly, Isaiah Mobley, like his his brother, honestly looked like the better player, arguably. He was was scoring a lot in that Kansas game, but that was pretty much just a complete team effort for USC. I mean, they just absolutely positively smoked Kansas. Like Kansas was really never in that game. Yeah, here's, Here's a stat for you. All right. This was Kansas's worst loss in any game. I'm talking NCAA tournament conference tournament, regular season. This is their worst loss since 1974. Wow. That's crazy. I did not hear that. That's insane. I thought you were going to say like, oh, that's their their worst NCAA tournament loss ever. And I'm like, that adds up. And he hit me with the, (laughs) no, that's any game. And I was like, oh. Any game. Wow. That's crazy. NCAA conference tournament, regular season. That's crazy. That's pretty remarkable right there. Yes. That's, and again, that's all credit in the world of USC. And they have a very good chance to make they the Elite Eight. I mean, they play an Oregon team. And another, believe... another complete team effort out of a Pac 12 team. The Pac 12 is sending four teams to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who'd have thought, man? <laughs> that's crazy. Bill Walton. Hey, man, we all, we all laughed at Bill Walton, but he was right. We all Conference of champions. Him. We all laughed at him, but he was right. <laughs> Could you imagine the scenes that whoever comes out of this game beats Gonzaga? Like, I think Bill Walton would like ascend into heaven on the spot <laughs> if that happens. That would genuinely be like, oh my gosh, that would be crazy. Not that I think that that's going to happen. It's not, but Bill that Walton would be immortal. That's fine. yes, that's actually true. That's true. I can't. He, he would. Uh, he would ascend as high as his as his weed would take him i guess yes um i mean that <laughs> would be pretty damn high yeah pretty <laughs> pretty high <laughs> yeah that's pretty high um actually speaking of oregon i didn't want to i didn't want to bring this up i want your thoughts on this the whole oregon vcu debacle in the first round with vcu getting covid not being able to play um i mean i guess there really isn't much to say on it but i was curious like you know what what, what were you what were you kind of thinking on that one I figured we would get one eventually sucks for VCU, but unfortunately there's nothing you can do about it. They had um, a couple positives pop up um, within a couple day period. And it was the first time that any VCU player had tested positive since last summer. I saw they didn't have a COVID pause the entire year. Um, So just very unfortunate for them, but you know, what are you going to do? You got to keep the bracket moving. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate, true. but it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's true. That's very true. I pretty I pretty much felt the same way. Like you can't right. you can't risk that. You know what I mean? Because if you play that game and say, you know, we'll give them a shot, what happens then if Oregon, you know, gets some positives and then they're out and then you know y- you're better off forfeiting a first round game than you are a Sweet Sixteen game. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, to your point, you just gotta you just gotta keep it moving. Um, the other game that I did want to mention. Um, before First we all, or, Oregon um, and Iowa, I just want to hit that. Game oh yeah, really, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, really for quick, sure. Really while quick. we're talking about it, um, I was concerned about Iowa's defense all year. And all year, I feel like enough. I said it close to every week. I'm oh, concerned about yeah. Iowa's defense, and I think it's going to come back to bite them in the tournament. Lo and behold, it did. Yes, it did. 
They drop ninety. Oregon drops ninety-five points on the Hawkeyes, and that was a game. It was only a ten-point game at the half, but that was a game that felt over at halftime. Mm-hmm. That's true, and I mean it's pretty wild that I mean Luca Garza had thirty-six and nine. I think yeah, thirty-six and nine in that game. I mean he he did his part, but just defensively, like you put up eighty, but. You give up 95. You know what I mean? Like they, they did their thing on the offensive end. You did enough to win on that end. But on the other end, you just, you, you just continue. You don't, you don't play good enough. You know what I mean? I guess right. that's, that's the best way to put it in layman's terms. You're not good enough. So yeah. And again, credit to you again. I mean, you've been harping on that all year and sure enough, that's exactly what knocks them out of the tournament. Right. So. And I, and you know, cause that, that was the early game. On Monday, it was a 12-10 start. And I kind of thought at halftime, like, it's 56-46 at the half. Sure, Iowa scored a lot of points, but, like, Oregon scored 56 points in the first half. Even if they have a bad second half, they still score 30. That's 86. That's tough to come back from Mm -hmm. if you're Iowa. That's very true. Even if Oregon was to have a bad second half, Iowa still could have outscored them by eight or nine in the second half and still lost. It was the first half, and, and you know, Oregon obviously didn't play as well in the second half, but they scored 39 in the second half, which is, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, it's still a pretty good half, um, but it, it just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I feel the same way. Um, oh, yeah, that was, that was the other game I did want to mention. UCSB Creighton, that was a, that was a game that got I me won. angry because – UCSB, I mean, it, yes. first of all, very entertaining game. That was pretty much yes. a tight game the entire way. Like, you know, that wasn't like a game of runs. That was literally like it felt like a five, six, seven-point game the whole way. I think maybe like UCSB might have led – or no, Creighton led by 10 at one point. But um, other than that, it felt like a pretty close game. Right. UCSB, not only do they get a good look that they just miss pretty much at the buzzer to tie it, they had a timeout. They had, they had a timeout. timeout. They easily right. could have called timeout. And, and I, it, it was like, it was with about three seconds left. I want to say two, three seconds left. Yeah. Uh, they get the rebound. No, it's like, you'd, it's like you'd rather, you know, chuck something up from the other three point line and just hope and pray it goes in. Or uh, if you want to call timeout, extend the game a little bit, maybe set up a baseball pass to the three point line, half court, something like that. Take a couple dribbles, shoot. Yeah. I know, man. Ugh. That was so frustrating to watch. Like I don't know. It, if it, he, yeah. Oh, I, I was yeah. I was yelling at the team. I'm like, why? Why didn't you call timeout there? You have to call timeout. I know. There. Oh, That's coaching one hundred and one. You're right. You're very right. I think it was. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna do so. Uh, so so so. I think it's so. Um, I think it was. He had the uh, the layup there at the end in the dying seconds. I, and right. that was another one. I mean, kind of similar to the Texas Tech, where really good look just. Couldn't couldn't bury it, you know what I mean? Like, right. I think I really think he he needed to go up stronger there. I think he kind of went up a little too like I don't know if he was looking for the contact because he's I think he was a really good free throw shooter if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, you know I want to say he might have been looking for the contact there and didn't get it, but I would have liked to see him like almost go up and just try and dunk that. You know what I mean? Like don't don't go up and try and look for contact because you never know what you're gonna get from rest. Is Amadou so game. you're talking about? Yeah, Amadou, right? I'm pretty sure it was 80, so. 80, 82%. Yeah, there you go. So, so I mean, yeah. maybe that, maybe that did play into it. Maybe that was something in his mind where he was thinking, maybe I just got to draw the contact here. I can knock these down, but 
Right. Yeah, that's that was a again very entertaining game. Heartbreaker but for me personally. Yeah, heartbreaker for me and frustrating because I had UCSB in the Sweet 16 in my I did. I had you. Yeah, I had UCSB in the second round. I had Ohio in the Sweet 16. Uh, <laughs> kind of, kind of got half points. There, yeah, I'm about to but... say you, you, you did pretty good there. Honestly, all things considered, with the with the likeliness, right. I'd say you did pretty well. Um, trying to think. Gonzaga we... continues. Gonzaga continues to look like the best team. Oh yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> There's our 10 second Gonzaga good uh, section of the podcast. Gonzaga is good, and they are still good, and they are the favorite, and they're still the favorites to win the national championship. Um, yeah. I mean, especially with Illinois going out, I would have to think that they have right. an even better shot. They beat, pretty sure um, Illinois was for Bill, and they beat Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma by 16, and Oklahoma hung with them the first 10, 12 minutes of the game. Yeah, Oklahoma was hot from three to start the game. They were, and and I and I, that was I was watching. I was like, like. Wait, if Oklahoma can continue this, they could make this a game. Mm-hmm. But then Gonzaga just turned on the Jets in yeah. It was like the last eight or so minutes yeah, of uh, <laughs> the first half. They ended up going up by twelve in the by uh, halftime. They ended up winning the game by sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so they yeah, Oklahoma just couldn't hang with them. Gonzaga is still the favorite to win the title. Um, one team, especially because of you know, who's left in that region. They're absolutely going to go to the final four. Yeah. Um, I'd be stunned if they did not. I, I don't think, I don't think Creighton can hand with and can hang with them. Uh, they would need a special, special performance from Marcus Zagorowski um, to even be able to make it a game with them. Oh yeah. He's going to, he um, needs then I don't 30 think plus at the very those least. Pac-12 teams is beating them. No, I don't think so either. Uh, it's literally just going to be like, Whoever they play, well, you know, with Creighton, you're going to need Zigarowski to give you probably 30-plus at the very least. If it's Oregon, right. you're going to need Duarte to give you 30-plus. And if it's USC, you're going to need the Mobley brothers to combine for probably 50. You know, right. like you're going to need special performances because realistically, right. you're not going to stop Gonzaga. Gonzaga is going to get like 75, 80. Like right. you're, you're going to need they're, to They're going to get 75, 80 points without even thinking about it. Like that's the bare minimum. Yeah, literally. Like you they have to probably aim... score more. Yeah, no, exactly. Like you pretty much have to go out there and say, "All right, they're gonna get theirs. We have to somehow, some way, find a recipe to where we can hang with them, right? And hope they like and, and wear them. them down and maybe yeah. get them into some foul trouble. Right, exactly. And then that that's that was a, like that, that's that's you know, no team has been able to do it yet, but that's the recipe that's kind of spinning in my head right now mm. of how to beat Gonzaga. Yeah, I think, honestly, I feel like we, I'm pretty sure we talked about that, like, way back in almost, like, December or January, like, where getting them in foul trouble is really the one thing that you have to do. Right. Because their starters five of their starters. All, I think all five of their starters played 30-plus minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I mean, so if you can get two of those five – in foul trouble early on, like, you know, the door creaks open a bit. I'm not going to say the door is wide open, but there's a creak there. If you can, you know, you can maybe stick your foot in the door and say, Hey, you know, we could hang around here, but yeah, it's just, I just don't see until maybe like maybe a Baylor, maybe an Alabama. Like, I I don't even know, man. Like I, I really don't. They really are. I don't think Alabama can beat them. I don't think Al- Alabama has the weapons. I think Alabama has the weapons to hang with them, but I don't think they had the weapons to beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, That's I'm just like, like, like just looking at these teams, Baylor, I think probably has the best chance. 
just because they can they, they play good defense and they have some talented scorers. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I really don't see – I don't really see any game where they should be overly concerned except right. for maybe Baylor, especially, right. you know, at least in the next – the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know who's going to come out of I, – I think they're a lock for the Final Four. I think so, too. Right now, I, I truly believe Gonzaga will be in the Final Four. No, I think so, too. I, I say that can... is basically a guarantee. Yeah. No, I'm 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 in the same boat with you. I don't see any way that they lose their next two games. Of course, we might come back next week and we might be laughing at. Oh yeah, but. oh yeah. I know, I know. This this could be another Archie Miller moment for me, but right. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. But to me, I just don't, I just don't see it. I think they're too I don't good see of a team, it happening. and I don't think their competition is good enough. <laughs> I don't think right. anybody in their region, even if Iowa would have played them in the Elite Eight, I don't think Iowa would have beaten them. So, um. Right. One team, so yeah, Final Four, I don't think anybody can beat them. Yeah, Gonzaga's good. <laughs> Gonzaga is good. Um, transitioning over to another bracket real quick, a team I'm surprised has made it this far is Villanova. Yes. I'm very surprised. Good. Very good shout, yeah. Me too, actually. I mean, I thought – I mean, we both mentioned it. We thought Winthrop over Nova. We thought like that was the lock upset. And right. Credit to Winthrop. I mean, they it was close. You know, they the second half, I would say probably midway through the second half is when Nova kind of turned it on. Like that's right. nine, seven, eight minutes to go, Mark. They really kind of went on a bit of a run. But I mean, Winthrop kind of hung around. It was always kind of like a two, three point game um for a maj- majority of the game. Or at least mm-hmm. I would say like midway through the second for, for the first half through like midway through the second half it was tight. You know what I mean? It was always like, you know, a five, six point three, four, whatever right. point Nova lead. And eventually they pull away and they got a little bit lucky with North Texas beating Purdue. Um, right. I mean, North Texas wasn't going to be Villanova. I think mainly they got lucky. Yeah. In that Purdue game. Yeah. I, think uh, so I don't, I don't think North Texas was necessarily the better team um, for the entire 40 minutes. I think they just made some plays at the end. And ended up pulling away via free throws um, was basically what happened in that game. So, yeah, Villanova got a good draw in the second round. They ended up beating up on uh, the mean green. Uh, good name. Noted good name. Yes, great name. Um, in the tournament. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Colin Gillespie, they lost him um, back in March, back in early March, a couple weeks ago. Uh, knee injury out for the season. Jeremiah Robinson Earl has been the guy that has – stepped up yeah he's been he's uh, been really he, he's impressive. taken on a bigger role and i think that's um a lot of credit to jay wright's coaching ability yeah and we know jay wright as you know one of the best coaches in the country probably uh probably right now i'd say jay wright's the best coach in the country yeah i mean uh, doing doing what he has done i mean yes they've had a bit of a favorable draw in the second round right. with you know not having to play purdue but um with that being said, losing your best player and still making it to the Sweet 16, even if they right. lose to Baylor, which I expect them to, that's right. nothing to hang your hat about. I mean, that's right. that's a strong showing in the NCAA tournament without your best player. Um, right. And, again, and, nice and I mean, they, right. this this is a team that came into the tournament having lost three of its last four, four of its past seven, four of its last seven. Uh, that includes the their, you know, one stint or one game in the conference tournament to Georgetown. Um, which they lost 72-71 back on March 11th. Um, 
so this this was a team that came into the tournament kind of cold and without its best player and they kind of figured it out and, that, and maybe they did need the ncaa tournament to kind of figure it out mm-hmm. yeah and, I, and, and again i think that's a testament to jay wright's coaching ability i would agree I really with you on do that, my friend i would agree with you on that I'm trying to think is there anything we uh we haven't talked about we we predicted now I think that's just about it. Shout out Florida State making the Sweet Sixteen yes, for the yes, third tournament in a row. Big shout uh, out. I like I like their chances. I think they have. The, I, I, I think, think they, they could beat. Be, I think they beat Michigan. I'm saying it right now. I think they beat Michigan. That's, Early that's prediction. Your, that's your Sweet Sixteen upset. Pick? I think. I think they beat Michigan. I do. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I can respect that. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to get too many upsets this round. I, I think we're going to be mainly chalk here. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I, I, I mean, think we're going to be mostly chalk from here on out, honestly. Yeah, and that's I mean, probably it's probably a good thing. Yeah, probably true. Yeah, it's tough to really like looking at these games. I mean, right. the, the the potential for chaos is there, but it's really tough. It's to tough say. to see it happening. Yeah, the Midwest true. has the most chaos potential. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100 percent. Can you imagine <laughs> Oregon State, Syracuse, like Oregon State eight. makes the Final Four? Oh my God, that <laughs> would that. be. <laughs> Wayne Tinkle is going to go from like begging to keep his job to like asking them to back up the Brinks truck, like in a matter of Tinkle, three Tinkle weeks. Tinkle at Hinkle. Yeah, hashtag Tinkle at Hinkle. Oh yeah. That's, that's beautiful stuff right there. That's, that's alliteration perfection. It, that's it. not alliteration. That's rhyming. Winkle at Tinkle. Oh yeah, you're right. That's rhyming. I'm tripping, <laughs> man. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, not like I'm a, basically an English major. It's okay guys. Yeah, it's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Florida State took advantage of one of Colorado's um, probably one of their worst defensive showings of the entire tournament after Colorado the entire season. Um, after the Buffs beat up on Georgetown in the first round. That was disappointing. I thought I was hoping Georgetown would put up a showing, but they looked like the Georgetown we saw in the regular season. Yeah. Um still a pretty cool run for them. You know what I mean? Still a fun run for them. Uh Patrick Ewing saved his job though. So true. That's always fun. Very true. I wonder Uh, if uh I wonder if they'll like if that kind of showing from him, you know, him kind of solidifying his job. I kind of hope that that spark something at Georgetown because I feel like college basketball I I mean me personally I've always liked Georgetown you know what I mean right those teams back in like you know oh god I don't even remember 2011 2012 right it was was right around there and here's the thing that Georgetown program has never been the same since it lost to Florida Gulf Coast yeah that's exactly what I was going to say yep it was the FGCU upset that really just kind of sent this program downhill a bit so um, I mean, time will tell if they can uh, figure something out. Get you know, get back this... towards the. Oh no! I was say, was this their first tournament appearance since that? But it was uh, no. They made the tournament in 2015. This was their first um, NCAA tournament appearance since 2015. Gotcha. Okay, which is so. crazy for a team as good as George or historically, <laughs> excuse right. me, historically as good as Georgetown. So, right. All right. So, um, prediction I, time. I think we hit on everything. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. All I right, we can predict. <laughs> so, so, oh yeah, let's let, let's predict. Let's just go through and predict each game. I like it. So, Gonzaga Creighton. Um. And next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. 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 Good call. Good call. 
Uh, USC and Oregon, the second uh, game in the West. I I lean USC. I lean USC. I think I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean Oregon. Okay, I like that. that that's fair. I just I, I'm gonna say it's a slight lean. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say Evan Mobley, just kind of like in terms of the battle of the stars between him and Chris Duarte, I'm gonna say Mobley just gets the better of him, and I think that's gonna be enough. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm, I'll go – I'll flip The that. opposite. <laughs> both of them have good games. I think Duarte gets the best of both. There you go. So, uh, Michigan-Florida State. I alluded to this about we five minutes ago. alluded to that. Florida State. That's my, my bold okay. pick of the – I, I uh, think, I think Michigan is just too good for them. Um, so, I, I got Michigan moving on to the Elite Eight. So, now we got Alabama and UCLA. I think uh, good run for UCLA. It ends here. Yep. I agree. Alabama's just too good. I agree. Baylor Villanova moving uh, over to the south again. Just just like I said for UCLA, very good run for Nova. You know, as we pretty much were just talking about, Jay Wright has solidified himself. I mean, he had he had solidified himself, but at the moment, just by recent form, it's tough to say he isn't the best coach in the excuse me, the best coach right. in the country right now. Um, but the big butt, uh, Baylor. I think Baylor's just yep. a little bit, you know, just not even a little bit. They are way better than that Nova team without Colin Gillespie. So, um, Arkansas and Oral Roberts. Fun <laughs> third, run for Oral Roberts. Yeah, I was about to say third time in a row. Fun run. Yep. This is it. Arkansas. Uh, they they, yep. they uh they end the Cinderella story. Yep. Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State. <sighs> I. Th- hmm. I'm going Loyola. Chicago. Yeah, I think I got to do. I think Loyola Chicago is the way better team. Right. I I think Loyola Chicago, and we can do this in a minute. Um, three of my final four teams are still alive. Uh, I'll, I'll just allude to that. Uh, but I think Loyola Chicago is going to make the final four out of this region. I think it's, so. It's I think so too. I think so too. I, I agree. I agree with you on that. Actually, yeah, that's actually not bad. Either. We can kind of go over who we think will make the final four and then right. talk about it next week. But right. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I. I really do think that they have the talent. I think that Porter Moser has the ability to coach coach against pretty much any team. Right. Um, I think if, you know, I mean, obviously we'll get to the next game, but I mean, I, I, I like Houston over Syracuse, you know, assuming that's the I like matchup Houston over Syracuse too. Yeah. Assuming that's the matchup. I, I, I can't. I do like Houston and Loyola. I like their chances. I like, I like Loyola I Chicago's chances. I, I really do. <laughs> As crazy as that so, is to say, I like the chances. Yeah, so there you go. So we both. So yeah, I think I think Loyola Chicago. I think Loyola Chicago is the best team in that region right now, despite the fact that they're an eight seed and they still have the two seed alive in that region. I think Loyola Chicago is better than Houston. I've been low on Houston all year, honestly. Mm-hmm. I have because they they've had some weird losses and they play in the American, which the American isn't a bad conference, but it's one that. I wouldn't call it a power league. Yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. Um, Houston's looked better in the past couple of weeks. They did have a tight one against Memphis um, towards the end of the regular season. It might have been a conference tournament. I think it was a conference tournament. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just don't think Houston is going to be the team to get out of there. I think it's going to be Loyola Chicago. Yeah, and I, I agree so, with that. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess we can. Yeah, so we'll move back up to the south region 
Uh, I have Arkansas making the final four out of that group. I th- I, I have ba- I have Arkansas beating Baylor in the in the uh, elite yeah. eight, but it, it's a slight lean to mm-hmm. Arkansas. I think uh, Arkansas has got a lot of young guys, and do. I think and I think that could uh, that could end up being the Achilles heel, but I still think um, they can beat Baylor. I, I truly I, think that they, I think I think their offense can hang with them and push them over the end. Uh, yeah, and I, uh, this is so tough. This is like a 50 50. It, it really is. I struggled with this one. I, I'll say Baylor. I'll, I'll, I'll go a little okay. bit, I'll just go a little bit different just for, just for funsies. But yeah, yes. I agree with you. I think that that could legitimately go either. I think that's going to be a great game, assuming that that game, yeah. that matchup does happen, has the potential to be a really, really good game. Right, right. Um, East region. Um, yeah, I had Florida State. You had Michigan, but we both have Bama. I think Bama right. makes it no matter who they play. Personally, right? I, I think they. I think they're the best team in that region. Mm-hmm. Jaden Shackelford, John John Petty, fun players to watch. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to see them make the Final Four. Alabama has never made the Final Four ever. It's not like they've so won anything it, it, in any other cool, sport, too. Cool to see them get to the Final Four yeah. for the first time. Really, uh, you know, th- them as a school, they just don't win anything. I mean, you know, it nah, really, really, really would be great. School. Yeah, that not an athletic school, school at all. <laughs> arguably, arguably a little bit better than Vanderbilt, honestly. Arguably, yes. Yeah, keyword there is arguably. Um, yes. Yeah, that would be that'd be they, cool. They have they I have some coach. That. They have some football coach there who's like not that good, and, yeah. he, and like he's been there forever and he's never won anything. Dude, they got to can him. I don't know how he's still there. Yeah, That's crazy. I have no idea. No idea. Honestly, crazy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, West Region Gonzaga. Yep, but that would be a Gonzaga for me. Yes. Um, I guess one more thing. I was curious. What is your? I guess we can just finish on this. Um, in your bracket, what is your proudest pick? Like what? Like what pick do you feel like? Yeah, I I called that. You know what I mean? Like what's your I called that of your bracket so far? The only upset that 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 I called Ohio over Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For me, it's between. Um, I don't even know. I miss on like all my upset picks. <laughs> um, that was the only one I called. I I had um, what were the upsets I had? I had Georgetown beating Colorado. Did not happen. I had Michigan State going on. That didn't happen. Um, what else did I have? I technically I had, predicted. I had Winthrop. I had Winthrop beating Villanova. That didn't happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, I had UCSB. I had, I had UC beating Creighton. Didn't happen. Yeah, it's it's Ohio over Virginia. Yeah. I would say, I mean, my two upsets were literally just Syracuse over San Diego State and Michigan State slash UCLA. Obviously, I ended up being UCLA over yeah. BYU. I would say, I guess my proudest is I had USC in the Sweet 16. Okay, that might be my that. that might be my best one at this rate. I mean, and like, like I'm in the same boat. Like three of my four final four are still technically in. I had Illinois in the championship game. I had Illinois in the title game, but yeah, yeah three, but three like, of my four final four yeah, teams are still. I'm in. Lost. I'm in the same boat. So, I guess in that regard, you know, I'm not currently. Currently, too. I'm not in great standing. But if things go my way, I, oh, I no, it, the, might, the right, it might end up being a decent the, bracket. The left side of my bracket looks much better than the right side of my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> no i feel i actually feel that i actually went <laughs> it's pretty crazy i have the west uh, region I, the midwest I have, region I eight teams still alive I three of them are in are in the, the west side yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat, I think, too, actually. It's pretty funny. I actually went um I went 15 or excuse me, I went seven out of eight in the Midwest first round games. And then the second round, I went one out of four. So that that's yeah. how that went. Um <laughs> I was awful on the south. I was three out of eight on the south region. I was too. I was three out of eight. Uh, I was six of eight in Midwest. I was four of eight in the East and then seven of eight in the West. I was, let's see, I was five of eight in the East and four, yeah, four of eight in the West. So I I guess you could call it five of eight because Michigan State, UCLA, I have Michigan State specifically, so I'm not counting that, but yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, if I don't count that, then we'll say, I'll I say was, four and a half out of eight. Yeah, I'll roll. Okay, I'll say yeah, I'll say five and a half out of eight, um, or for four and a half out of eight technically. Whoops, I yeah. can do math. It's okay. Yeah. Um, this is not a math podcast. No, it is not. Absolutely, positively, <laughs> is not. Yeah. Um. I. Oh, that's all I got. I'm yeah, ready to watch some I more hoops too. this weekend. Well. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I do. know when are we going to aim for next week? We could do, probably do Wednesday. Again. Yeah, that's probably our best bet. Because it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, so we can probably yeah. go Wednesday again. That's actually nice, man. I'll, I'll get to watch some games during class, hopefully. Yes. Well, actually, depending on the times, but I was going yeah, to say, depending on the class. times on Monday, because Monday will probably be at night. Yeah, that's true. So. Oh well. Well, we'll yeah. see. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we will see. That that'll be it for this week's episode of the Talk and Smack podcast. Again, my name is Aiden Jolly, alongside Adam Gorski. Good night. <laughs>